They work so hard on that, day in and day out, for two months. We put many, many hours into that, and it was all for that, and it was amazing. But did you see the, the part about when I spoke before what we think they're going through, but what they're actually going through? Um, it, it's different in our eyes. There's technology that we don't, we don't understand sometimes that they do. That there's many things that they can do in their life that just through school that can succumb them to this. That we don't understand right now. And through all these things that they have, there's bitterness, there's spiteful, there's fear, there's numb, there's prideful, there's addiction, many addictions, there's pornography, one of the worst ones, there's depression, and there's, get that out of here, and there's blinded, there's many, many more. But we don't, we don't always see these things because we could say, well, it wasn't like that when I was a child. There's many things. I was, I didn't really see a computer ever for the first time until I was in like third grade. So I'm not aging myself, but I mean, I know when, when my daughter was in, my son was in preschool, it was mandatory that they learn on a tablet and iPad. So, you know, there's, there's many things that the kids do in school that, that can succumb them to these things. You know, they can be doing homework and they have to type in keywords to look up a page. Any keyword that they say they don't actually hit a space and they tie them together. They can make another word and it instantly takes them to something that we don't want them to see. Something that they don't know. They can hashtag something. Because when you hashtag, you don't put spaces in words. They can make a play on words and instantly takes them to something that they don't know before they even know it. You know, as many times that they don't. They can't control. Sometimes what happens on social media. They get. They don't realize it, but all of us don't realize it. Sometimes. I love. I love these youth to death. I, I do. And you know, there's times. Social media is a big thing. We have to. We have to correct ourselves. We have to correct each other on these things. I mean, I'm not ashamed to say, man and myself. We we call these youth out on these things all the time because it needs to be done. You know, we can't. Sometimes they don't know their friend tagged them in something that they thought might be funny, and it's it's tied to something pornographic or something that just just with curse words. You even with with that, I, I don't we don't approve of it in our in our youth group. You know, we 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 hold these kids to a higher standard because they have a special purpose. You know, things things aren't normal anymore. They're not normal from five years ago, from ten years ago. You know, things, things have changed. Things are constantly changing. They're always evolving. And so one of the things I want to talk about today is, it's called, hi, I'm normal. Sometimes we take this word and we skew it. We skew what the definitions of words are sometimes because we have a negative mindset or we have a positive mindset. But most of the time, this word I think is viewed as something negative. Because one of the definitions of this word, is that this is what normal means. The Greek meaning is canonikos. There's also, it comes from an Italian origin, which, which I think it's, I think they got it right with it because it means 
conforming to the carpenter's square. Now, I see it as it's a term for construction, but conforming to a, a, like a T-square, but playing on that, you know, Jesus was a carpenter. So immediately my mind went to conforming to the carpenter's square, and I liked it a lot. <laughs> and the adjective form of it is conforming to a standard, a usual, typical, or ex- expected, reverting to a usual state. And as a noun, we see it as an average, a condition, a person who is conventional or healthy. Now, when I looked up all these meanings of this word, there wasn't any word that used the word normal as a verb. And a a verb is used to describe an action in a sentence. And so I think this this, uh, title screen that says, Hi, I'm normal. Normal is going to be a verb. It's going to be a word of action. It's going to be a word of us redefining what it means. We need to redefine words. We don't redefine words, then we get put... We get put in a position where our minds are messing with us. That's why we have this negativity feast, positivity fast going on. You know, we speak negativity fast, positivity feast. Let me get it the other way around. Sorry. Negativity fast, positivity feast. We need to feast on the positives. We need to stop thinking negatively what we think about ourselves or we think about our, our spouses or our jobs. Our jobs are very stressful. They, they can affect everything around us. It's happened. It happened to me. I, I, for years, I would let my job put me in a normal state of mind. I would come home. It would affect my family. It would affect my marriage with my wife. It took time, and it took, it took work to fix that thing. And it wasn't that that thing was me. That it took to fix. And it was only until I, I said, God, I'm not, I'm tired of being stubborn to you. That I finally was able to get it right. You know, and, you know, me and my wife, we've been together for 13 years. And we've only come, been coming to City Point for eight. This is my only church I've ever been to. Never knew anything about God before then. You know, and he's taken me on an amazing journey. I've grown so much. I've learned so much wisdom and so much glory and just God's goodness. I couldn't imagine it any better. Yes, I went through trials and I went through tribulations, but it was part of the process. It was something that I understand now that I had to go through. If I didn't go through them, I would not be able to pour into these youth today. I would, not be able to under, that, I would not be able to understand the things that they're going through if I didn't happen to go through them myself with my own poor decisions. You know, we make these decisions all the time that, that can affect us and can put us into a normal state or reverting to a usual state. Take us back to where we once were. We're not supposed to be conformed to this world, church. We need to continue to search and actively approach the goodness of God. Because he's always going to be there and never going to let us down. What, something that happens also is when, you know, first coming to Christ, it's, it's, the, the world thinks it's, it's like a joke. You know, it, it's not, there's nothing to play with. It doesn't, it doesn't mean because I'm coming to Christ that I am perfect now. You know, people see that. You know, you get ridiculed sometimes by when you first step into into 
being in Christ, that something comes on in you, you know, it's, will they accept me? Will they want me? Will they, will I be able to have the same relationship with people that I had before? Sometimes yes, sometimes no. You know, I, I had it happen to myself. My friends, I've lost friends and family because I chose God's path, because I've chosen every other one and nothing worked. I chose that way, and it hurt. Life isn't going to be perfect afterwards, but what do you got to lose? Why not try God? Why not give him a try? Because when, when you first come to Christ, people, this is what they think of you. This is Spongebob. Right here. In all his glory. This is a high, I'm normal Spongebob. But he's missing something that we all have. He's missing his holes. He conformed to what people wanted him to be. You can turn a message in anything. (laughs) But in all actuality... This is who we are. We're filled with holes. We're filled with, with uh, divots and rivets and things that we can't control, that we have to live with, that we have to deal with, that we have to overcome. But the thing with these, these holes is, is we can't do it alone. We, we need to get somebody to jump in that hole with us. That's why we have these city circles, these building, these small groups, is because we need someone to jump in this hole with us that is powered by the, the will, that is powered by God that will pray for you and pray for you and pray for you and help you get out. Otherwise, what happens is the people that we have around us in our lives, we bring them in the holes with us. And it's not for a positive thing. We bring them down with us because we don't know what else to do. You know, some people, there's a lot of people in this world that are like chameleons. They just adapt to their surroundings. And, you know, when we have these holes, when you're around a group of people, they don't want to let, they don't want to leave you, but they don't know how to get you out, so they just join on to you. It happens in everywhere. It happens in schools. It happens in our lives. It happens in our marriages, especially in our marriages. Since things we're going through, we're not... We don't understand how to get out. If we don't understand that God, that we need to pray out of these situations, we're going to bring our spouses down with us. Like I said, I've done it. Me and my wife have been together 13 years. We probably had nine great ones because the first four were tough. We, we were young. We were, we were in our early, early 20s. You know, we, we wanted a family. We didn't, know, we didn't know God. I didn't know God. I knew nothing of the Bible. I took a Bible lit class when I was a senior because I needed easy A. And that was it. Other than that, I knew nothing of God until I was invited here from a 4th of July parade in uh, 2008. You know? And it, it just, it's just little things like that that, that can, can connect. And it can steamroll you on a path that you don't see, but you've got to believe that's there. So that's why we redefine the word normal. This is normal. We have we are supposed to have holes. We're supposed to have these things go on in our lives 
For what reason? We don't have to know, but we have to believe in hope. We have to hope that God has a reason for it, and we know he does. Like I said, we have a purpose, church. These youth, the children back there right now in City Kids, they have a special purpose because we are active in our faith. They are the next generation. They're secondary, maybe third generation church that is going to step up. So they have a special purpose that we need to step up to. We owe it to them not to let them down and to give them our wisdom, our leadership, our words of encouragement, everything we have and we know out of the Bible, we owe it to them to give it to them. This is this verse out of, out of Hebrews 12. I'm going to read. Here's, I have part of it on here. But I'm going to read the whole thing. I wasn't going to, but I'm going to read the whole thing because it, it needs to be all-encompassing so we get the whole context of it. It's, do you see what this means? All these pioneers who blazed the way. All these veterans cheering us on. It means we'd better get on with it. Strip down, start running, and never quit. No extra spiritual fat, no parasitic sins. Keep your eyes on Jesus, who both began and finished this race we're in. Study how he did it, because he never lost sight of where he was heading. That exhilarating finish in and with God. He could put up with anything along the way, cross, shame, whatever. And now he's there in the place of honor, right alongside God. When you find yourself flagging in your faith, go over that story again. Item by item, the long litany of hostility he plowed through that will shoot adrenaline into your souls. In this all-out match against sin, others have suffered far worse than you. To say nothing of what Jesus went through, all that bloodshed. So don't feel sorry for yourselves. Or have you forgotten how good parents treat children and that God regards you as his children? My dear God, don't shrug off God's... My dear child, do not shrug off God's discipline. But don't be crushed by it either. It's the child he loves that he disciplines. It's the child he embraces he also corrects. God is educating you. That's why you must never drop out. He's treating you as dear children. This trouble you're in isn't punishment. It's training. It's the normal experience of children. Only irresponsible parents leave children to fend for themselves. Would you prefer an irresponsible God? I'll go on with that, but... God isn't up there to ridicule you for the things you've done wrong. You know, we, I met with a pastor last week and we had this talk and God's not up there saying, you better repent or I'm going to get you, sucker. He's not doing that. You know, he loves you. He's there to correct you and guide you. He's there to pour out his goodness on your life so that any situation you're in, you see the good. So to go on. We respect our own parents for training and not spoiling us. So why not embrace God's training so we can truly live? While we were children, our parents did, did what seemed best to them. But God is doing what is best for us, training us to live in God's holy best. At the time, discipline isn't much fun. It always feels like it's going against the grain. Later, of course, it pays off handsomely. For it's the well-trained who find themselves mature in their relationship with God. Last part. Hebrews 12, 12, and 13. So don't sit around on your hands. No more dragging your feet. Clear the path for long-distance runners so no one will trip and fall. So no one will step in a hole and sprain an ankle. Help each other out and run for it.
I have this video I want to show that it's about God's masterpiece, which is each and every one of us. And it, it goes through many things that these youth are experiencing that are on these masks. But it's, it's from an, an adult approach, you know, because we go through these things as well. We, can, we can't help it sometimes. We all fall short of the glory of God every day. We all sin, we all think, we all do, we all say something we don't mean to say. And it's, it's correction that we need, that we have to have, so we can go forward and, and get over ourselves. Do you have that, Roy? Ephesians 2.10 says that we are God's workmanship, his masterpiece. I don't know about you, but when I get up in the morning and look in the mirror, I don't really see a, a masterpiece, you know? I mean, maybe a Picasso. It's like, <laughs> but I want to be his masterpiece. I want to be everything he created me to be. And so I go to him in prayer and I say, dear Heavenly Father, do whatever it takes Mold me into the image of your son. Make me your masterpiece. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Hi. Whoa. Who are you? I'm God. You said the prayer, so here I am. You're not God. No, I am. You said the prayer. That's how it works. Okay, okay. If you're God, then uh, make it snow in here. You know what? I really don't want to make it snow in here because it'd get kind of yucky. Yeah, you're not God. Why do you say that? God wouldn't say yucky. I do. It's a Greek word. Oh. Okay, okay. Um, if you're God, what does Lamentations 15.9 say? Lamentations is only five chapters. It's a very short book. Oh. Why was it so short? I was tired of lamenting. Oh. Okay, okay. If you're God, who's going to win the World Series this year? I'm really not into playing games. Why are you so much into playing games? You are God. What gave it away? You answered my question with a question. I did? <sighs> yeah, I do that. Don't I? I did it again. Step right up. Here we go. Okay. All right. Hey, what are we doing? I'm going to make you my original masterpiece. This is the process. Oh, okay. Got it. Yeah. Wait, wait. What are these about? These are the tools I'm going to use to make you into my original masterpiece. Okay. Hang on. Yeah. I thought you were a carpenter. That's my son. Step right up. Here we go. Okay. Oh, hey, God. Mm -hmm. How do you know what to chisel away and what to leave? I take out everything in your life that doesn't belong there, kind of like dead weight. Ooh, speaking of dead weight, could you chisel right here? It showed up when I was in my 20s and grew around and became back fat. I don't even know why you created that, but I can't get rid of it. I mean, I've tried everything. Like, I tried running. I tried lifting weights. My wife actually talked me into trying Pilates. That was awkward. But I can't get rid of it. So if you would just chisel around here, and then, you know what, if you chisel a line right here and maybe... Four to five, maybe eight lines right here. That would be awesome. You're funny. You made me that way. I also made the platypus. The platypus? All I'm saying is most of my children, when it comes to this process, they just want to talk, but they don't want to do the work. So do you want to talk or can I chisel? Talk, chisel? No, talk, no, chisel. no, 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 no. I choose the chisel. All right. Through my Holy Spirit, I'm going to bring up things in your life that I want you to work on. Like your anger. I created the emotion, but you use it in the wrong way. Um, 
compare yourself to others instead of me. You tell little white lies because you want to people please. You're lazy. But you try to fool everybody by looking really, really busy. You have a problem with lust? Well, time out. <laughs> I don't really have a problem with lust. You don't have a problem with lust. No, I can do it anytime I want. <sighs> Hang on a second. I mean, I, I got to admit, I, I feel like you've been doing some great work and I'm looking pretty good right now. All right, when you look in the mirror, who do you see? I see me. Okay, then I need to keep chiseling away because ultimately you and other people need to see my son. Okay, don't misunderstand me. It's just um, when I look more like Jesus, people get uncomfortable around me. I mean, even my church friends, and they're like, oh, you're holier than thou, you know? And, and I, don't, I don't think I'm supposed to make people uncomfortable. So what you're saying is you'd rather play God in certain areas of your life than for me to be God over your whole life. That is not what I said. It's what you meant. Yes, it is. Um... It's hard to talk to you. You know everything that I'm thinking. I'm just saying you've done some great work. Maybe we take a break, a sabbatical from each other, you know. I'll stay right here and then, you That's know. That's just it. You never just stay right there. You're either moving toward me or away from me, but never you just stay. What you're doing is called control. Do you want to control things in your life or can I chisel? Control, chisel, control, no, chisel. No, chisel, chisel. All right. But can we chisel where I want? That's called control. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. Now this right here, this secret sin that you keep running to whenever you're hurting, angry, lonely, tired, that you think you're fooling everybody, but it's making you a whitewashed tomb. Are you ready for me to chisel this out of your life? Yeah. See, it's a process. It's not a sprint. It's a marathon. It's your whole life. And you care so deeply about what other people think of you. It's rubbish. It's garbage. The greatest thing you're ever going to hear is at the end of your life, when you hear me say, well done, good and faithful servant, that's what you keep your eye on. That's the prize, heavenward. Oh, that hurts. Oh, trust me, this hurts me more than it hurts you. Right. Okay. I'm sorry. I just, I don't think you understand this pain. Pardon me? You're asking me to sacrifice a lot, God. Don't talk to me about sacrifice. I know all about sacrifice. I sent my son to die on the cross for pain, for sin, but I also did it for another reason, to give you freedom. Do you know what insanity is? Insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over again, expecting different results. And there are things that you've been doing for years, these empty wells that don't have anything to offer. You've been going to them and it's insane. Allow me to chisel them out of your life. Allow me to produce character where you keep focusing so much on your image. Okay, but I was thinking. Your thoughts are not my thoughts. Okay, but if we went another way. Your ways are not oh, my ways. Oh, I can't. You can't what? I, I, I can't be good. That's your excuse. That's your excuse is that you can't be good. It's not an excuse. I can't. Oh, my child. In the beginning, I said it was good. I made you good. Be good. Yeah, but you and I both... What? Nothing. No, what is it? Nothing, okay? You wouldn't understand. I, God of all the universe, 
wouldn't understand something one of my children has to say. Try me. It's just, um, I let you down so many times, God. No, my child. You were never holding me up. I hold you up with my victorious, righteous right hand. Never the other way around. In this relationship, I hold you up. Okay. Chisel away. Just, just be prepared for what you're going to find in there. Because I know who's inside there. Because I get up every morning and I look at him in the mirror. And I hate who I see. Because deep inside there, this, this, this little kid who gets up every morning and dresses like an adult. And I go out and I, and I, I try to do what I'm supposed to do, but I can't, okay? I can't be who everybody else expects me to be. God, I can't even be who I want to be, much less who you created me to be. And so inside is this scared, stupid little kid. But you chisel away. Just be prepared. You have listened to so many voices for far too long that were not from me. And you have totally bought into the lie, haven't you? You think you're junk, don't you? When you lay your head down at night after you've done the dance to get the hug, you think you're junk. Listen to me. I don't take time to make junk. How can I show you that my love for you stretches as far as the east to the west? That How can I show you that my love for you has no end? I know. Reach in your back pocket. What? Reach in your back pocket. Why? Are you arguing with me? Reach in your back pocket. Oh, God. Yes? I just went, God, I'll do that right now. You're just saying my name in vain. Come on. It's, it's a name. It's a saying. It's a name above all names. It's more than a saying. It's more than a name. I want to teach you something about my name. Reach in your back pocket. Oh, my gosh. You know what that is? Yeah, it's a, uh, it's a note. I, I wrote it when I was in college. How did you get this? Hello? Oh, yeah. Go ahead and read it. I love Angie. Other side. Sorry. Dear God, did I hear you right today? Did I hear you say that you love me? Even though you and I both know I've messed up so many times. Did I hear you say you want to use me? And I feel so useless. If you'll take me, then use me. Then, God, I give you all that I am. Take me. I love you, God. I love you too. And I love you too much just to leave you where you're at. 
this salvation that you hold, I don't want it to be some sentimental gush or some head knowledge. I want you to work it out in every detail of your life. And when problems come and chaos happens, don't look at this as a prison, but look at it as a father discipline his child, a father disciplines the ones he loves. I know, but it's going to be tough. Yes, but you bought him into life thinking everything was going to be easy when you gave everything over to me. There will be trouble in this world, but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. I want you to do something. I want you to look out there and I want you to say, Tommy is God's original masterpiece. Tommy is God's... No, not the way you see yourself where you try so desperately for others to see you. But maybe for the first time in your life, the way I see you, the way I created you. Tommy is God's original masterpiece. Yes, you are. So are you. God doesn't make junk. You are an original masterpiece. There's so much in that video. So much. Um, That note, every time I hear that point, it gets to me. Did I hear you right today, God, that you love me, that you want to use me? Even though I screwed up so many times, you still want me. I've had to watch that. We show that to the youth all the time. Probably at least every couple months we show it to them. Because it's, there's, there's so much information in there. You have to listen to it and you have to watch it multiple times to take it all in. You know, I'm, I'm reading this book right now called, called um, by Paul Manwaring. The one before that, Glory. What on earth is glory? Yes, thank you, Pastor. What on earth is glory by Paul Manwaring? And you know, at first I was just, you know, I'm reading this thing, I had to read a couple chapters first month, a couple more than next. I've read it like four times and I still have to read it again because there's so much power in, in, in them words. If you want to be wrecked, get that book. What on earth is glory by Paul Manwaring? It, it's like this. There's so much in there that um, you have to reread it. You have to rehear it. You have to re-say these things to yourself. God, did I hear you right? You love me? You want to use me? Use me. Chisel these things away from my life, and it's going to hurt. But like he said, in the end, the reward is him telling you, you have done well, my good and faithful servant. Good job. I can't can't fathom what that that day is going to be like. I, I can't. None of us can. We just, we have to continue pursuing our hopes, pursuing our dreams in a positive mindset and keep God at the center of everything we do. 
So that, that last part in Hebrews 12 is said, so don't sit around on your hands. No more dragging your feet. Clear the path for the long distance runners so no one will trip and fall. So no one will step in a hole and sprain an ankle. Help each other out and run for it. We're in this together, church. And not just the walls, church. We're church. We're in this together. We, we can't do it alone. We want to, we want to see revival. We want to see, we want to see people saved. We want to save souls, make disciples. Then we got to run for it. We got to keep going. Even though we're in our holes and, and sometimes we drag people in, we don't want to drag them in. We, we got to keep pursuing. We got to attach ourselves to somebody that's going to pray us out of these situations. You know, I don't, I can't get into these Joyce Meyer conferences, but I, I've learned something from her. They won't let me in. You know, and the one, one of the great things about my wife is she takes amazing notes. And she taught me this like three years ago. And it's out of Psalm 23, 4. It's, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. The key word in that whole thing, there's so many, but it's shadow. And it's because you're in a, you're in a deep valley, you can't get out. And you're in the shadow of death. The only way for there to be a shadow is if there's light. It's the only way. You attach yourself to somebody down there that has the light and they can help you get out and you will get out. You keep pushing for it. You keep pursuing. You fight, you fight like hell. Because that's, that's what you have to do. You owe it to yourselves to that. Not to roll over and wear one of these masks. Get rid of addiction. You get rid of pornography out of your life. You get rid of pridefulness and blinded and being numb and spiteful. And all these things that hold us down. And all these negative words that hold us down that, that every day. And we come back to these definitions of normal. We'll come back to you, SpongeBob. All these definitions of normal, reverting to a usual state. We need to create our new definition for ourselves of the word normal. We need to make it a verb, an action word. We're in training. That's normal. We're being prayed for. That's normal. We're fighting. That's normal. We're never going to give up. That's normal. God loves us. That's normal. He's going to use us. It's normal. We can't stop pursuing what we want to do because these things get in our way. You kick them aside. You pick up the devil and you plant him into the stage. Sam's got a lot of bruises from that. You did a great job. So I just want to encourage you all to, it's okay to be normal, but it's how you define it is how you're going to get through your everyday walk. If I could have the prayer team come up. I want to open the altar for anybody that is tired of the normal, that wants a, a new definition of normal in their life that wants to not worry about these masks anymore that wants to take them off that wants to latch on to somebody and have them pray out of the situation they're in 
so that they can go through and begin tomorrow anew. Like I said before, we are not conformed to this world. We're not supposed to be. We're supposed to keep fighting, and we're supposed to keep going, and we're supposed to win. We're supposed to seek God's glory and his goodness in every situation in our life. And we never stop pursuing, we never stop dreaming, and we never stop giving up hope. Because we owe it to ourselves, and we owe it to our children and our children's children to keep going. They have a special purpose, because we have a purpose. We have to keep fighting. So can everyone stand their feet? I want to do something real quick before we, we end here. If, if there's gaps next to you, lock arms with somebody next to you. We'll find out who's wearing deodorant today. <laughs> These are chains, church. We're locking arms like a chain. What we need to do is we need to show these kids that we can break chains. But what my hope is and my pursuit is, I want to be the weak link. They said a chain is only as strong as its weakest link. I want to be the weak link in every chain I'm connected to with these kids. Because if I know if I'm the weakest link then I've done what I was called to do and I've built them up. We need to be the weak link, church. And that's a, that's a, another redefinition. I didn't think about that. That's good. We're redefining we're being the weak link in this. Like I said, we owe it to them to give them everything we have. Because if we don't, the world will definitely will. And they won't hold back. They'll do it, and they'll do it, and they'll do it. And you'll find someone overdeed in the woods again. You'll find somebody committing suicide. It happens every year. Every year you hear about it because it hits us at home. It, it, it doesn't stop. The world's not going to stop. The devil's not going to stop. But we can stop them. In Jesus' name, we can stop them. You can let go now. <laughs> so I just want to encourage you, please come forward. If, if you need prayer for anything, if, if, if you want to get rid of the normal in your life, if you want to re, redefine what the word normal means in your life, I want to encourage you to, to come forward and just, just let them pray for you. And just let them encourage you that God loves you and God wants to use you. I hope you all have an amazing week. And I, I love you guys. Thank you.